there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chrissy. How's it going, girl? It's going awesome. Awesome. Um, I have a surprise. Yeah? Well, first of all, it's our 50th episode. I can't believe that. It's our 50th episode. We haven't even been at this six months. We're just cranking out products. We just... <laughs> oh, gosh. There were so many things that I was about to say that were probably not good things to say on the air. Yeah? I'm not going to say them. Don't say them. Don't okay. say them. Well, I have, a, I have a surprise for our 50th episode. Woohoo! Um, I have a new character. To add to our um, arsenal. Is it today. the is it the person who's sitting right here next to us? Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, like all men on this program, we have yeah. a nickname for right. our yeah. new our new character. We we have a dapper Dan. We had Clark Kent. We had deep voice guy, producer John, and now today. <laughs> <laughs> we add to the character list. We have Hot Brian. And um, Hot Brian didn't want his nickname to be Hot Brian. Um, he wanted it to be Smart and Competent Brian. <laughs> I want to be known for something. It's, yeah. it, it's good to be known for something, I suppose. Good to be known for something. You know, you can be known for three things. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll he, take it. He is smart and competent. Okay. And punctual. And punctual. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, um, and we have him here. What we're going to do, um, I mean, assuming that we like Brian and this, that this is fun, we'll, we'll see. Um, this we'll is see your audition. Goes. No this pressure. Is, yeah, this is your audition. Um, we're going to have Brian come on the show once a month or so and uh, talk to us about the guy perspective. He's going to add the guy perspective to our show. A lot of times on this show, we get into a, like, well... We, we do the mom approach, right. you know, and we yeah. do the, you know, we can only represent who we are. And we only like, know what we yeah. know. We only know what we know. Now, um, Brian, do you have kids? I do. I have three. Girls or boys? Uh, two girls and one boy. And what are their ages? Nine, 11, and 14. Okay. The Excellent. youngest is the, the boy, and then he's got two older sisters. See, now that's really interesting because something that I told Chrissy that I felt like we needed to have on this show was a girl-dad perspective. Oh, for sure. You know, because... We talk about raising kids, you know, sometimes, and like I like we just said, we only know what our perspective is. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can speculate on other people's perspectives, we can hear other people's perspectives, and then you know make decisions based on that. But I always find it interesting to hear from a man who's raising girls especially as they start to get into the middle school age Oof. and when things start changing up. And, you know, I have boys. I have a 14-year-old boy and an 8-year-old boy. And um, he, I can only speak from my perspective as a mother raising a teenage boy. And, um, and I've always, and I don't have any girls. And so I always wonder how I would be as a mom of girls. And then I always wonder about men raising girls mm-hmm. and if it's different from ma- raising boys. Yeah. Yeah, it is. My uh, my oldest is 14 and that has presented you know, middle school girls are um, she's in a phase now where I would say she's even a different species. She's not 
quite human still. She's right. something else, and she's figuring it out. She's not too, you know, not yet a woman and, and too old to be a little girl mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. So she's very much in that figuring it out phase, and I'm sort of figuring it out with her. So, yeah, I was a girl dad for six years before my son was born, so that's where I thought I was going to be forever, and then yeah. along came our son, and it was it was you know a nice little bonus. But, uh, yeah, girl dad is no, no joke. you got to embrace it. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're here. So we were originally conceived of this idea that we were going to kind of do like a recap of the last month and all the shows that we had done. And we were going to, you know, kind of bring in Brian's perspective on, you know, whatever we'd been talking about. But I don't want to do that this time because all we've talked about is the coronavirus. And I don't want to talk about the coronavirus anymore. What? Are you serious? You don't want to talk about the coronavirus anymore? I don't. So I want to kind of do a a new topic. (laughs) I just want to do like a regular (laughs) show, like what we would normally do. And I don't want to talk about the coronavirus. And I don't want to talk about homeschool. And I don't want to talk about... I don't want to talk about any of it. Any of the stuff. I don't want to talk about okay, that. Okay, good, because I'm sick of that stuff. Yeah, I'm sick of that stuff, too. So what I want to talk about, well, see, I, I guess this does tie into the last month, because I want to talk about television, and that's all that we have in our lives anymore is television. <laughs> you know? So I want to talk about television, and specifically, I want to talk about, um, oh, I'm going to do a Might I Recommend. Okay. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend... So, I like comedy. I like stand-up comedy a lot. Mm. I watch all the stand-up comedy specials, like all of them. But some of them that are my favorite are the ones that... um, The the word that I looked for, I looked this word up to make sure I was using it right, and it was the perfect word, um, is levity. Yes. And I actually, I did a... And now, the results of Chrissy's cursory Google search. To to see the definition of that Mm -hmm. and um the definition of levity which i really really liked she's stalling to fill Mm -hmm. time Uh uh-huh yeah humor or frivolity especially the treatment of a serious matter with humor and that's what I like. And I watched a comedy special yesterday. I almost um, texted both of you to tell you to watch it. Then I was like, nah, I'll let him watch it afterward. Okay. <laughs> I'll be the only person who knows about it. Um, do you guys know who Neil Brennan is? No. Oh, I've heard the name, but I, don't, I haven't he seen He is um, kind of dorky little white dude who was Dave Chappelle's partner. Like he wrote okay. all the Dave Chappelle stuff, right? Oh, okay. And, like um, partner behind the scenes? Yeah, not, like not he, he did mostly, you know, the directing and okay. whatnot and Chappelle did all the stuff you right know? um but he has a stand-up special out it's called three mics and he at the first microphone station he does one-liners okay just one-liners hmm. at the second microphone station he does emotional stuff okay and at the third one he does like traditional stand-up okay and it's a really neat special because it's funny, and he, he's, I mean, it's its awesome humor, but then he goes into that middle microphone, and he's talking about his depression. He's talking about, um, you know, all these different, all these different really, really heavy things right. that he gets into, and that's the kind of humor that I really like. I like it when we take something serious. See, coronavirus, we'll link it all back. I like it when we take something really serious like that and we add humor to it. It's like the really the only way to handle 
grief appropriately. And Sometimes, I, yeah. Yeah. And I think part of why I like stand-up so much is it's so raw and it's so honest and they say the things that, you know, maybe you aren't supposed to say, you know? Um, so I recommend that. I recommend um, my other favorite comedian is um, Daniel Sloss. Do you guys know him? Mm-mm. He's, Mm-mm. he's great. And he talks about it's another, like, really heavy stuff. Like, one of his... Um, Stand-up specialist is about toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've seen something about that. Yeah. When um, it, I can't remember what context it was in, but it was like in the past year or so that there was a thing on toxic masculinity. Shoot. Maybe it was the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah? Like maybe like last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a Super yeah. Bowl ad that referenced it. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Like for Dove Body Wash that's or something what it was. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not a funny topic, but he no. makes it really funny. You know, um, there, he does an entire, like, 25-minute segment on um, rape. and Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I know, right? It, it doesn't, like, but he, he handles it really, really well. And I like, I like smart comedy like that. I like, you know. I really enjoy how, how jokes are written. And one thing I really like about stand-up is being able to observe and learn from how somebody sets up a joke and then how they tell the joke, how they um, shape it during the telling based on the audience's response, Mm -hmm. and then transition. And when I find that when a stand-up comedian is really masterful at carrying you along through... It's because all of the, it seems as if it is very organic, but it's actually really meticulously planned out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know how to kind of like mold that. And I know when I was a kid and I started getting interested in, in communications and entertainment and wanted to be, I wanted to have a talk show and I wanted to. And you do. <laughs> Live in the dream. I would watch um, Sally. I would like. I would watch Oprah. You know, all of the, the Sally, Sally Jesse Raphael. Yes, Sally oh. Jesse Raphael. With her glasses. The glasses. Mm-hmm. And there was another show that I watched. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was a. It may have been a local talk show. But I remember watching the women who had their own show, and how they would manipulate their audience and bring their audience on a journey and and react with to them respond to them you know kind of like invite them into what they were saying it was just really interesting to watch how they crafted that experience of sharing mm-hmm. you know and i think mm-hmm. that comedy is the same way of how you set up a joke and then how you weave it and make it really good i mean it's absolutely art and i think yes. that you know anybody who argues that stand-up is an art like it, it, oh it, it totally is, is. It's absolutely art and i watched ricky lake oh yeah you remember ricky uh-huh. lake um fat, fat ricky lake or skinny ricky lake fat when she was okay. fat yeah. yeah um uh fat ricky lake and um i was probably about like 13 or so uh-huh. and I wanted to go on her show I remember that like I I was very angry at my dad <laughs> he was very a harsh dad and I wanted to write Ricky Lake a letter and I thought maybe I could go on the Ricky Lake show oh and talk <laughs> about your dad yeah, I wanted I wanted her to, to um, make my dad be nicer <laughs> 
Did she answer your letter? Uh, I don't think that I ever mailed it. Oh. I chickened out. I chickened out. I had to deal with my my problems myself. <laughs> Ricky Lake did not intervene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, that's awesome. Um, let me see. So, Neil Brennan, watch that comedy special. Um, Daniel Sloss, watch that comedy special. And I also started thinking about, I feel like... When we take serious things and we look at them through a more humorous lens, like, I feel like I've been learning about how to do that better. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends locally, her name's Josephine, um, she's a poet, and she writes heavy poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, some of it's really heavy. And I went to see her do a poetry reading a while ago, and she'll get done reading, you know, this heart-wrenching beautiful thing and then she'll be like no I'm gonna tell a dog joke like and she just lifts it you know like and and I just really like that break in you know I just I think that that's so cool and do you guys have like do you guys watch stand-up comedy like yeah yeah like who who are some of your favorites and what is it about their art that you well now that you've asked me of course I can't remember anybody's (laughs) name Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was recommended to watch someone named uh, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. He's he cute. Was, he's he was super a writer cute. on Saturday Night yeah. Live. And mm-hmm. his style, I couldn't get much more than about 15 minutes into it because mm-hmm. it was a little bit too, I don't know. I was looking for some, somebody I was sitting with at the time. We were watching. There was uh, two of, two couples were together. We were watching on the couch. And uh, someone said, I don't like this. And I couldn't kind of put my finger on why. And they said, stand up supposed to be, comedy supposed to be dirty <laughs> he was too clean he was too clean, was too and, clean. Yeah. and so at that point we watched uh ali wong oh that's dirty Gosh yeah that yeah, almighty uh-huh. she yeah, is yeah, yeah. she is hilarious from talking about like life from a from a an aggressively female perspective like yes. just gets mm-hmm. down and in, into the nitty-gritty of what it's like to be a woman dealing with pregnancy and and you know, oh, hormones I think and I know her husband having is. made more money than she did and all this and she just went all over all these places and just just Rolling, rolling yeah, with laughter. Yeah, she she's really really good. I like her. I like um, Eliza Schlesinger too. Do you, have mm-hmm. you seen Eliza? Um, she does a she has a special called Elder Millennial, and uh, <laughs> she's she's this millennial girl, and she's really really funny. Like she does a lot of like sketchy stuff, you know. Like and I don't mean sketchy like. <laughs> Like like not up to par. Yeah, I mean, mean like sketch, sketch, like sketch, a sketch. Yeah. yeah, not that she she does. <laughs> I love John Mulaney, and I um. You yeah. seem like you would like cleaner comedy. Though. I do. I was just mm-hmm. about to stand up for clean comedy because <laughs> I think that like okay, well, I will sometimes when I'm running, I will listen to comedy. Oh. Um, like it's fun to listen to when I'm running because it's yeah. I don't. It doesn't have to be music. Um. But especially on a long run, and I'll turn on like Pandora or Spotify or something and just put it on a random comedy channel. And whenever it's somebody who just goes straight for the F-bombs and they've got really bad language and they just go straight for the sex jokes, it's just not as interesting to me because that's the easy stuff. Sure. Like that's the low hanging fruit. I really like when uh, when somebody's comedy is... Um, where they have taken something that's a universal experience mm-hmm. and they have human like they have brought us all together in this shared experience of something that everybody knows and understands and then a, let us get to a place where we can laugh at ourselves. Yeah. 
And that I really enjoy. Um, you know, for one, I think because it's unifying, and I think that comedy is meant to unify people and to, um, well, that's one of the purposes of comedy is to unify us in, in a shared experience. Um, and then also I think that it just, it shows the depth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that whenever I go for the first joke, usually the first joke that comes to mind is something relatively juvenile, which is always hilarious. I mean, that's <laughs> the like we did. A, I did a whole show on jokes. Oh, I, I remember. And I mean, you read and, from a joke book. I remember that. Right. I was, I was, yeah. In, in my preparation for this appearance, I listened to previous appearances. And I remember you reading from a joke book. Yeah. And it was awful. It was horrible. <laughs> But do you remember when I, uh, but y'all laughed. Chrissy was cracking up. I, I, yeah. You were cracking up. I love telling bad jokes. There you I go. love to tell bad jokes because they're so bad. That's half the fun of being a parent. Yes. So they call them dad jokes. Yeah, dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You told some serious dad jokes that day. Yeah. You really I'm proud did. of those. You, you should be. They were good. Yeah. Like, they it, were funny. I remember that you did that show for, People who were having a bad day, and you were you were trying to bring you, you weren't you weren't trying to uh, give us smart comedy. You were just trying to give us something that we could just break over, and you know, we should have saved that show for the coronavirus chroni- chronicles that we're in. You maybe know? Um. <laughs> maybe for our fiftieth, we should do like a highlight reel, some of our best moments. Oh well, producer John's gonna have to get on that because yeah. we have no way to. <laughs> We could just the way made we, hours of work for producers, yeah. <laughs> or we could just like re- encourage people to go back and visit your own personal highlights. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing we were like, oh yeah, we're gonna have Brian on, you know, and talk about the talk about you know the shows from the last month, and it'll make people go back and listen to the show. So just go back and listen to all fifty, all forty nine other ones. <laughs> I'll take rapid fire topics. <laughs> well, Brian, okay, so as one of our top fans. <laughs> What has been your episode of us talking? That one. The show? The, the, the joke the, show? The joke show. The joke show. Why was it your favorite? Well, mostly because it's the only one I listen to. Oh, my God. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm also honest. This is hilarious because I have a friend, my friend Pickles, who wait will minute, not. Wait, time wait, out. Yeah, exactly. Pickles. Her name is Pickles. That's her a name's, proper name? No, her name's Caroline. Okay. Um, but we call her Pickles. Okay. And... um. And she refuses to listen to the podcast. And every once in a while, she'll have only not like refuses, like I won't listen to your show, but like she's just not a podcast person. Mm-hmm. And um, but now it seems like every time she brings up a topic of conversation, I'd be like, you know what? I just had a show about that. Mm-hmm. I just talked about that on my podcast it's that like, you don't you, listen to. You could be enlightened about this. Right. If yeah. Pickles would just, you know. Right. It's like you need to start coming up with this stuff earlier. Yeah. So anyway. Pickles. Yes. I, I liked the joke show because I enjoy telling bad jokes or telling jokes in such a way that make people laugh because my one of my purposes in life is to bring levity mm-hmm. and to just even if it's not from a place of smart comedy at least if I can get somebody to smile yeah. and as I said in that show the reason why is because they immediately become healthier just as a result of the fact that they laughed at what stupid thing I was doing right Mm-hmm. I, I've always, uh, not always, but I have oftentimes in my past fallen to being the f- the funny guy in a situation as a defense mechanism. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I'm quick with a one-liner and I'm you know pretty quick on my feet sometimes, you know, 
not so quick in the car. Apparently, I was late today. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think that um, being the person in the room who can crack a joke and make people laugh is there's something disarming about it, it and it sort of is you know takes takes the takes some of the hot air out of a, out of a room. At least it can. So, comedy I think is very very viable. To, to I extent. like that you just gave us that vulnerable moment that you let us know that it's a defense mechanism. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally relate to that, though. Because I, it's the same for me. I, I never, um, I always was willing, and I still am, willing to be the one in the room who looks silly. Um, and I think that it distracts from the the insecurities that I have of like. I guess it's like, don't look at the things that I'm um, self-conscious about. I'm going to get you something else to look at. Yeah. And it's going to be like my funny thing. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah totally. Huh. Oh, for sure. And and you can, um, if, if I give you something shiny to look at over here, then you, you won't, won't notice. notice all of my, all my warts and exactly. blushes and, and, you know, Big time. fallible really? things. Really? Oh, but then yeah. at the same time, it also puts you on the spot for being a target too, because if you speak up and you think you're funny and it falls flat, then it gives them one more thing to you know, kind of poke at you about. That's true, but that's never really bothered me that much. Yeah. You know, I've, I've usually been pretty quick also with um, turning something around and, and making it For sure. good. Or, you know, I just, you know, I'll turn it into something funny you yeah. know, or, or just go along with them. Do you think that that's true for comedians? Do you think that they're coming from like a place of insecurity? Most of the time. Oh, yeah. if you hear, I one of my favorite interviewers and, and, and radio personalities is Howard Stern, and he interviews a lot of comedians. And getting them to dig into their past and their stories, you know, stand-up comedians are oftentimes some of the most damaged people mm-hmm. out there as far as where they came from and what they saw. And this, this the road to becoming a successful stand-up comedian is is just, you know, fraught with all kinds of landmines and horrible places so yeah that that neil brennan the one that i watched last night one of the things he's talking about he's talking about depression he also does which is a hilarious topic yeah right <laughs> he, he does like a soliloquy about his estranged relationship estranged is that the word mm-hmm. um relationship with um his dad mm. and how his dad wrote him out of his will oh, and like, like i mean in just incredibly painful stuff you know and i, I yeah, I guess I really never thought about that, that that humor for me doesn't come from a place of insecurity. I'm like the most secure person that <laughs> has ever lived. Like, <laughs> I'm very secure in myself. Um, that's true. But yeah, I, I guess that's probably, I, I don't know, that's an interesting perspective to me from both of you. Well, I think that it comes from a couple of different places for, for me. I mean, I truly enjoy entertaining people, you know, and... and and getting people to laugh and have fun. And I like to be the source of what's making people happy, you know, and I like to, I like for people to think that I'm clever and, you know, I like to, you know, come up with funny things and I just, that's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, but it is also a, a easy way to get the spotlight off like of look me. over here. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes with when, for people like us who enjoy entertaining, there's, a misconception that we also enjoy being the center of attention. And I really don't enjoy being the center of attention. And I think that comedy is a way to be the source of entertainment without being the center of attention. Yeah, you point at the thing that's funny. Exactly. You point out, you make the funny observation about somebody else in the room. I make a joke yeah. at Chrissy's expense over here and we're all right. laughing and having a good time. And yeah. Not it's a two it's a it's a it's a win win, right? I'm funny and she's you right. know, a target of yeah. the humor and so it gives it, you know, 
I get to be the reason why people are laughing. I said something funny yeah. that made people laugh. I like that because that's my gift to them. But I'm but I'm talking about something that is separate from me. It's not about it's a, me. It's a diversion. Hmm. I we I, just blew your mind. Yeah, you did. Um, well, she's about to tell us we're wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Not, not now. Uh, I was thinking about bullying. I was thinking that it doesn't have to. It's not necessarily about a person. No, I know, but I'm saying that it's like maybe it's the same thing. Yeah. Like you guys have learned a healthy way to do it. You know what I mean? Because what you do is not mean spirited. Either one of you. Sure. Like you're not mean spirited people. You know, but maybe maybe bullies are the same. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe. That's what their defense mechanism is. is yeah, to, I think it's you know, similar to nasty somebody. Like they get the attention off themselves by, yes, being mean to someone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I could see how that's the same. Like thing. humor is a way better tool. Well, maybe maybe we can re-educate all the bullies too. Well, and I don't know <laughs> about you, but I've instead. as I've as I've aged, I'm 42, and as I've aged, I have my filter has gotten from where it didn't exist to now it's a bit tighter, and I am finding that I am. I'm observing funny things in a moment that that would a be hilarious to say, but then they'd also be very or potentially hurtful at someone else's expense. And so I'm filtering out more of the things that would be funny at someone else's expense and trying to say fewer of those things. Even amongst friends where I know it would be well received or not damaging. I don't want to be the funny guy who is also the, the mean, the mean guy, guy. Yeah. Right. I have had the same. I want to be the hot guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hot Brian. Yeah. Not I've mean ha- Brian. Hot Brian. I've had the Guys, same. Guys, he is hot. Like he's really nice looking. <laughs> <laughs> and smart too. And smart and, and competent. competent. Yeah. And now funny. And, and also funny. Look at this. I mean, total Long package, list. total package. I've had the same experience and, um, you know, sometimes I will challenge my, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. As a writer, I often challenge myself to write more smart and to edit, 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 edit. Don't just go for the easy stuff. Edit it, edit it, edit it. And I've challenged myself over the past couple of years to do the same thing with with humor and with um, comedy writing and um, taking some things off of the table as subjects like other people. Now, I really... um, have the same experience as you as having that filter change where yeah this would be an easy joke this this is an easy joke and it's funny but it's going to make somebody feel bad about themselves and that's that's a deal breaker for me yeah i i went through a divorce about a year and a half ago and some of the some of the hurt that i experienced um having knowing i was spoken about poorly behind my back and having had true friends confided in me to tell me what what fake friends had been saying about me yeah. in those instances. Um, I just don't want to be a party of that anymore. Like, I just don't want to participate in stuff that's going to be, like you said, about people. Because I feel yeah. like, you know, s- small-minded people talk about people and, mm-hmm. and large-minded people talk about ideas and solutions and problems yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, 100%. I, I, that, that, that experience changed my perspective on how I want to talk to talk to people and talk about people and particularly yeah. talk about people when they're not in the room. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's a that's been a bit of a game changer for me. There have been times when I've gone on Facebook and deleted a, a joke that was funny. It was funny, but I wasn't okay with it because I felt like somebody could read that and be hurt. Mm. And 
and I'm not okay with that. And, yeah. and it wasn't my intention, but when I realized later that that could be the unintended result, um, I went back and took it down yeah. because I, I just don't ever, ever, ever want my name and my persona to be associated with somebody feeling bad about themselves. Yeah. And I've, I've done the same thing with um, jokes where I used to tell a lot of jokes where it was like my my kids were kind of like the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I I got to a point where I wasn't OK with that either. I just felt like that's not fair to them. Like, yeah. Then, really- you, then you read about what child psychologists say about public humiliation right. for a child mm-hmm. being like the hands down most destructive thing you can do for your child mm-hmm. is to publicly humiliate them. Right. And I, I yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't joke about my kids or anybody else's kids ever, no. ever, ever. No, no, no. It's not fair. I think that, um, well, my daughter, I was very angry with her one day. I, th- I think I told you this story. Yeah. I might have talked about this on the air. Um, and in front of two other people, I told her how disappointed I was. And the other day, we were talking about, you know, like, what, like what's the worst thing that we've ever you know, like experience. And she's like, when you, when you called me out in yeah. front of this, like, she, like she remembers that, you know, like, and I felt terrible. I apologized to her, obviously, you know, but, um, but kids, yeah. Kids can be awful too though, right? Yes, like, they absolutely the, can. What, you know? What's the worst thing you ever said to your parents? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I mean, like I, I've apologized to my parents so many times. Yeah. I mean, I remember telling my dad that I hated him. Yeah. And I remember as I said it, I remember the little voice in my head saying, that's not true. Yeah. You're just angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was in a place where I said it and I saw the expression on his face and I felt the hurt that mm-hmm. I caused and I regretted it, but I had already said it. And then I wasn't emotionally intelligent enough right. to be able to undo it. Yeah. Right. And I still, I mean, I still remember that. And, and I know that I didn't mean it. Yeah. But it hurt him. Yeah. I could tell. My folks were divorced when I was younger, and and uh, when I was about sixteen, I was I lived with my mom like ninety percent of the time, and saw my dad like every weekend, back as they did in the eighties. And uh, <clears throat> and I remember that uh, at one point I looked at my mom in the face, and I was at this point I was a full grown young man. I was you know six two, and she was she's tall, she's five nine, but I still was looking down at her. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I said, I hope when I have kids that I'm nothing like you. Oh. And I just saw like the life drain out of her face and she went to her bathroom and I remember hearing her cry and like, I was like, I'm never going to do that again because that feels awful. And like, and I, like you said, I wasn't emotionally mature enough to, to find the words to apologize when I was 16 or even 17 or 18 or 20. But I think somewhere in my mid thirties or so, I, when I had my own kids and I started to get, you know, a full grip of what it was like to be that, have that role as protector and provider and guide and guardian and shepherd for my kids that I I went to her and I apologized and and, you know we both sobbed about it so yeah Yeah. we're getting heavy it's it's lovely I think that we consider these things on the show a lot like when we started this show we talked about you know that we didn't want to target people we talked about other people's privacy like in the privacy of our children and of our siblings and our parents and whatnot that because you and I choose to come in here and talk about our lives on the air and our lives are tied to other people, you know, it's a careful balance, though. And, you know, like, you don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to – I think that we just really had to go through what we were going to allow mm-hmm. of our personal lives and what we were going to disallow, you right. know. Um, well, it's, social media – Social media does – I think that – it opens up the door to um, 
make sure that you have to be very careful with that as well because so many people post things about their kids on Facebook. And I post things about my kids on Facebook. I tr- I, I try to always have it be complimentary, <clears throat> you know, and I'm committed to that. Um, I am, you know, that's just something that I am committed to. Um, but we have to be careful about the fact that they are, they have the right to their own life. And like mm-hmm. my older son asked me to not post about him on Facebook. And I respect that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I said, I can't guarantee that I won't ever brag about you. Like there was a time when he made his own electric guitar and he, he was playing it in his lesson. And I took a picture and I posted it. And I was like, he said not to post about him, but I am posting this because it's awesome. He built mm-hmm. an electric guitar by himself awesome. and he's playing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I told him, you know, there are some things that we really want to celebrate. But I respect that, you know, that kids have the right to their own personal life. Of course, I post about my younger son all the time. Mm-hmm. My daughter has Instagram now. Uh, she's just got it, like, in the last month. And it's different. I have to be more mindful. Yeah. Like on Easter, I posted <gasps> pictures of their baskets and stuff before they came to my house and she saw it yep. and she liked it before like she, oh, she, she <laughs> yeah. I ruined the surprise, you know. Um but yeah, it's different like when your kids get on social media. It's Are your kids on social media? Oh yeah. Yeah, they we went through the um you know, never will I ever allow my kids mm-hmm. to be on social uh-huh. media. So now they have uh, they have all the ones they tell you not to have. They've got Instagram <laughs> and Snapchat and TikTok and all mm-hmm. this. And um, those are the big three, I think: Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And um, and yeah, I mean, we just you know, I don't know. We they both signed um, uh, cell phone contracts when mm-hmm. they got their smartphones, and uh, we've re- revised those rules a couple of times and added addendums, things like that. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, what it's allowed me to do, I think that. It's like uh, teaching a kid to drive. You don't just throw your kid out on the highway without having a right. lesson. And so mm-hmm. um, overseeing their social media and, and talking to them about it has given me an opportunity to sort of be the guardrails a little bit, yeah. at least early on. And, um, you know, there have been some months where there's been consequences where some things have been reined back and there have been limits placed on and, and all of that. But I think by and large, it's been a fairly positive experience. Because we're able to contrast, like she and I will, my oldest daughter and I, my younger daughter also has an Instagram now, and she has made TikTok videos since before when it was musically. But um, see, I know all this stuff because mm-hmm. I have kids. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, you know, my oldest daughter and I will sit back because I'm also sort of the the. I'm not just a regular dad, you guys. I'm kind of a cool dad, mm-hmm. and so um, <laughs> a lot of hot, smart, competent. competent. Funny, funny, cool, cool dad. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, but I, I the, my daughter's, my point is that my daughter's friends like me mm-hmm. and they, they follow me on Instagram or they've requested it and I have a, a selectively allowed a few to follow me and I follow them back so that I can keep an eye on them. Yeah. And I'll talk to my daughter about, you know, that post that so-and-so made. What do you think about that? And she'll just, you know, kind of roll her eyes and say, oh yeah, you know, she's a little, you know, this and that. And I don't think that was very smart. And we'll talk about why that wasn't yeah. smart and mm-hmm. what she could have done differently and things like that. So it's it's just another any way you can participate in your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. You know, the the world is changing and and I don't think it's fair for uh, you know, I don't think it's realistic for some parents that I've seen will just are going to pretend that social media doesn't exist by not having it be a part of their household and you know, it's it's beyond our control at this point to a certain extent. Um but th- you know, it's, it's 
the argument in favor of letting them letting them play in that kiddie pool with your supervision before they go out into the big brave world and they're 17 years old and have a right. car and they're fully just mm-hmm. out in, out in the wild my um younger son has just gotten a kids messenger and um is it the instant mess- the the one that's on facebook facebook kids yeah my yeah. son has that and um and i didn't really want him to have anything like that um but now with the um the home school situation is one of the ways that he and his classmates are keeping in touch with each mm-hmm. other. Um, and I, it kind of like happened one day where I was getting all these requests from people and they're like, well, Hey, my kid's on this and they can connect and they can talk and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then all of a sudden we had it and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I was like, I don't know that I'm ready for this. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Like I had to get a crash course in this thing. And uh, now he's got it and it's fine. Um, but I am having to teach him some etiquette. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like I first of all, I went in and I set the parental hours of when he can access it mm-hmm. so that he can't do it like in the middle of the night and you know stuff like that. And um, but I also had to teach him like once you send a message to somebody, you need to just give them some time to reply. <laughs> <laughs> My you son don't need does to do that. It, like two me. minutes later, then be like. So, 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 and it's like, dude, back off. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody is on it all the time. I need that lesson, too. I'm like, like, I I can't stand not to reply. I don't like notifications. I'm like, oh, you want a zero zero inbox? Yeah, I I don't. Oh, no. (laughs) My inbox is just an atrocious disaster. Oh, no. My my personal inbox. I can have no notifications. It has to be clear there can't be any 2381 unread no. gmail no right no now. no yeah Mm-mm. no and that's uh I, just uh, mark the, them all as read the first day of quarantine i went through and searched for the word unsubscribe and deleted all of those i got rid of 6,000 unsubscribe wow. that's a good idea i hadn't thought to so, do yeah. that yeah it's so nice. pretty much everything that has the option to unsubscribe is marketing and you can just mass delete it you can ma- but you can't mass unsubscribe no just just delete no. them I think there might be services or apps that will allegedly give you that ability, but I don't think that's real. I would just mark all of those as red and pretend. Like, there, you get to a certain point with the email where it's like, I'm just going to delete everything. And if it was really important. Clean slate. They'll, yeah, they'll email me They'll back. bother you about it yeah, again. Yeah, they'll come back and say, hey, you never answered my email. Oh, sorry. You must have gone in my spam filter. Mine? <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I have five right now, and that's because I've been sitting here today. And yeah. Like five. I zero mine five out. Five set. That, I zero mine out, mm-hmm. too. I don't have any email that is And if it's something it. that I don't want, I unsubscribe, like, immediately right away. Yeah. I don't even I'm, let them get take root in my life. No. Yeah, yeah. Me neither. No, I think that you guys are doing it right, and I'm clearly exhibiting <laughs> a personality flaw at this point. You know what? I think more men that I know have, like, the inbox of, like, 2000 than than women like and also like i can only have one screen on my phone like there's this is it this is everything like i don't have apps yeah. everywhere like people can't see that on the radio it's like me nodding when she was talking <laughs> earlier they don't hear yeah. that yeah but my screen is it's I'll, I'll put a picture of it in the show notes so everything <laughs> is on the front you don't swipe to the no, side. There's no, there's no, sw- no there's no second no, and third uh-uh. and fourth pages uh-uh. of apps and folders no, no and no. lots of lots of 
dudes I know have like a really messy screen and they use the search to find the app that they want. No, I don't do that at all. I know exactly where all my things are. I do have a second page, but I I have five pages. Oh my God. Of course you do. I have two. Because you're a messy dude. Messy. We're adding And the second page has eight, nine, ten, eleven folders. What? Oh, that's and there's things in the folders. And there's things in the folders and then there's more pages behind that. No. No, I have two pages. So I've got an incredible amount of apps on my phone. I don't know what's going on. I only go to my second page for things that I use occasionally. The everything that I use on a daily basis is on the front page and I don't like to spend time searching for things. I no. Like I have very minimum I'm also like minimalist in my life though, as we know. You know, like I have five coffee cups. That's it. Yeah. Because you got one mouth. Yeah, but five coffee cups. Five, five? five days of the work week. Five seems like a lot. I, I don't know. But a lot of times when I run my dishwasher, the only thing in it is five coffee, coffee cups. cups. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that's a waste of water. Sponge. I use paper plates, so try not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that this show just spun out of control. Like, we just... We started talking about levity, and mm-hmm. I think that we've brought a lot of levity to. I think so. It's been great the past thirty minutes. I feel like it's about together. it's been about time. Seems like. Are you done now? I think I might be done. Okay. I think we might. How long have we been going? Who keeps the timer? We don't. We, we don't do we that. We don't do that. Oh. <laughs> we don't do that. And our shows are always about the same length, so I bet you we're right in the window. I think we're a little long today, but when whenever there's a guest, it's a little long. Yeah. Um, we just intuitively know when yeah. it's time to stop. We're talking. that good at our jobs. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> You yeah. guys are amazing. <laughs> we yeah. we truly are. That's what that's why we're gonna have him here to tell us how great we are. Yeah. Like once a month we need somebody to come in and tell us that we're spectacular. Complimentary Brian. So, <laughs> oh my, okay, so add that to the list. Also yeah. very affirming. So here's your homework then. Go back, listen okay. to all forty nine episodes <laughs> up to this point. I promise I'll do it. And then um write a list of your favorite ones and why they're your favorite and specifically which parts that I said were the most entertaining to you. Okay, I promise I won't do that. Oh. Mm-hmm. I need a realistic assignment. I really liked you. <laughs> she thought she was going to like you, but I don't know. I don't know how this interview went. I don't know. I don't know. We going to have him back? I had its ups and downs. Should we have him back? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right. <laughs> That's just what you say to like keep the thing moving forward and get us to a close. Yeah, Chrissy, whatever you want. All right. We'll Good have times. him back. Good times. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have him back. Uh, just... Your real assignment is you have to listen to the ones from today forward okay. so that yeah. next time you come in, we actually do What's the schedule? Are we weekly? We is we this do... a weekly situation? Oh, my gosh. I have not been educated. Well, if you've had 50 shows in six months, that's more than weekly. We do two a week. Two a week on okay. Wednesdays and Fridays. The okay. format listen, is that I'm the, the host for, the listeners, for one. For the listeners out the there who might have stumbled one. on this because Hot Brian was in the title, they don't know me. But maybe are we putting him in the title? I don't know. They're discovering your show for the first time. Okay, so if this is the first time that you've ever listened to the Chrissy and Heather show, here's how it works. <laughs> we have two shows a week on Wednesday and Friday. 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. And the way that our show works is normally when it's on a random show like this where we just talk about whatever, we kind of start out talking about whatever and then we have a secret topic that the other person does not yeah, know. Yeah, we didn't even have a grab bag today. This we whole didn't, show's we... been a secret. Yeah. I didn't even do my For Your Eyes Only because I didn't know what I was going to talk about today. Like, I couldn't do it. What's For Your Eyes Only? Oh, For Your Eyes Only is a Facebook segment that we do where we sneak, we tell the listeners what we're going to talk about 
but the other person still can't know. Like, I'm not uh, allowed to watch her videos. She's not allowed to watch my videos. Um, so, like, we put it on the Facebook page, and we write secret. for your eyes only. So when she sees for your eyes only, do not watch she it. does not watch it. But we're encouraged Probably to. nobody else watches it either. <laughs> I just do it as an exercise. <laughs> like, That's great. It's fun. We're legends in our own minds. <laughs> I my uncle told me that once and I didn't get the joke and then, now then I you see. I figured out I it was disparaging so it is disparaging yeah. no but you know what I think that's the best place to be complimentary is in your own mind okay I'm going with that yeah self love self care if yeah. there's one thing that coronavirus has taught me well you know other than the fact that to go cocktails are amazing it's that. You know, we should take time to just, you know, care for ourselves. Yeah. And wash your hands and touch your face. Yeah. All right. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Okay. That was good. Um, visit us on Instagram. <laughs> visit us on Facebook. <laughs> visit us on the website. Chrissy and Heather. How do you spell it? C-H-R-Y-S-S-I. And until next time, this was it. This was the 50th episode. It was awesome. We Woo. did it. Woo. The end. Bye. 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 Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.